0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Points Bet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet Bet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU themed threads for the Bears' season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest T-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground T-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Guys, I'm in my 16th season doing this show. It's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast. I'm so proud to finally have one, and I want you to have it. So follow the steps and get yourself your very own Bearstalk Underground t-shirt today. And thank you to Points Bet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to Points Bet for sponsoring the podcast. <coughs> What's up, guys? Man, when this team goes down, they love to go down in flames. I mean, could there be a more infuriating end to a football game where I mean it started out 21 to 3 and I was happier at the end of the game than I was at the beginning, and still uh, I I'm 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 burning to the temperature of the 7th layer of hell at this moment uh thanks to uh, Amir Smith marset whose name I didn't fully know until he did that at the end of the ball game so yeah <laughs> just what a rollercoaster of a game and strangely enough it qualifies as one of those games that I've been asking for in order to see progress from this team Whereas, you know, all those, time, all those times in, in the years under Nagy, you were angry about the wins. I want to feel good about the losses. I feel good about this loss. I do. Uh, there's a lot more positive to take away than negative. Just some things to, to clean up. And then obviously there's the talent deficit between where we, want, where we are and where we want to be uh, kind of thing. That will come in time. Unfortunately, not a whole lot we can do about that. Right now, just make do with what we got is basically what the 2022 uh, mission. But having some kind of progress as far as team building and things like that today was a step in the right direction. So let's go ahead and get it all broken down. This is the Week Five review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Week number five promised to be an interesting one with our first, uh, our first, uh, well, actually our second um, NFC North uh, opponent of the season, heading out to Minnesota for an uncharacteristic October visit uh, to the Vikings. Um, I don't know, maybe it's this time of year that's where all the wacky outcomes come from instead of the uh, uh, the pretty by the numbers matchups you usually get in Chicago uh, when when we go to Minnesota, but. Um, Man, what a roller coaster this game was. I mean, night and day as far as the first half and the the second half. The Bears flailing out of the gate down 21 to 3 at one point in the second quarter. But that final drive in the first half bleeds over into the second half and before you know it, we're winning this thing. We've got a 22 to 21 lead. And then that's where things got really interesting uh with uh with that. So uh we'll break it all down. We'll talk about everything, but just a general um, you know, recap if you will. I I like I said in in the open, this is one of those losses that I feel good about. This is kind of what I was wanting to have happen uh during this season of of growth and and development and everything and to to um, to to not feel mad about the losses like we did so many times under Nagy, where you just walk away with this sour taste in your mouth, even though you won the damn game, you just can't help but complain about it. It's just we were lucky to win. We shouldn't have blah 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 this and that because of all of this and so on and so forth. You know, it's it's difficult to feel even yeah we got the result we wanted, but man, what is what a mess it was, you know, kind of thing. Whereas this time it's the the opposite it's like man we didn't we didn't get the result we wanted but boy we saw a lot of good things today you know once we finally settled down in the second half we finally got a rhythm going uh, offensively we made a ball game out of a 21 to 3 debacle where it looked like minnesota was just going to break the scoreboard on us they were just going to just shatter it like it was going to short circuit from all the points minnesota was going to pour on uh to us. 3 drives in the first half, 3 touchdowns and each one looking easier than the one before it. Whereas, you know, we come out and we get a field goal on the first drive and then for the rest of uh of of the of the half until the very very end. Uh and even then we needed a circus catch from Mooney to put us in a spot to score that touchdown. So, you know, you I don't know if I felt optimistic after the second quarter. Uh I I definitely felt better at 21-10 than I did at 21 21- to three, but I don't think uh, I expected what we got in the second half. Going into halftime, like it was like, okay, we got a touchdown on the board, good for us. We get the ball back. Let's see what we do with that. And we've gotten the ball back in the second half a couple of times this year, and it was three and out before he even had a chance uh, to blink. So, you know, I'll be more convinced when I see what happens with the start of the second half. And start of the second half is worth where where we, we had a football game on our hands all of a sudden. So. Let's go ahead and dive into these knee-jerk reactions. And, you know, first quarter, it was only 7-3. to But as you hear me say right at the top, it's prettier on the scoreboard than it is on the field. <laughs> knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears-Vikings. And it's uglier on the field than it is on the scoreboard. It's 7-3 right now. Uh, the Bears with only one drive uh, in that first quarter. Uh, Minnesota started with the football. And it was a 12-play drive that lasted nearly seven minutes uh, in the first quarter. Kirk Cousins was a perfect seven for seven. Justin Jefferson caught five of those uh, passes for about 50 or so yards. And Minnesota just marched right down uh, the field. You know, the crossing routes, uh, the play-action boots. I mean, we're not getting faked out of our shorts like we were last week with the Giants. But every play that Minnesota wants to run is pretty much being run to perfection, and their execution has been flawless uh, so far. Uh, The Bears came out uh, after giving up the touchdown to Dalvin Cook and put together a pretty decent drive uh, of their own. David Montgomery is playing uh, today. He caught a uh, swing pass on the first play of the game, got about 30 yards, put the Bears around uh, midfield, we got a pass interference call on Patrick Peterson that moved us in field goal range, but per the usual, in field goal range is where we stayed. We couldn't convert. Uh, well, it was originally 3rd and 11, but thanks to Larry Borum, uh false start, it was 3rd and 16, and we had to settle for a 50-yard Cairo Santos field goal to make it 7-3. And then Minnesota, picking up right where they left off, Great execution. Uh, It's like a play-calling, like what they said, uh, the announcers, a play-calling clinic uh, for Kevin O'Connell right now. Just before the end of the quarter, uh, Kirk Cousins completed his 13th consecutive pass uh, to start the game. uh, To Justin Jefferson, I believe, has eight of those catches. Um, When he had seven catches, it was 76 yards, so I'm saying he's probably, he'll be over 100 before halftime. Uh, at this rate, I mean, hell, at this rate, he'll he'll be over three hundred before the game uh, is over. So, I mean, we need to cinch up on defense. Maybe send some blitzes because we're rushing four. We're not getting home. Maybe send an extra guy or something like that to shake to shake it up or something because Minnesota is just picking us apart right now. Yeah. So I said the opposite. I said it was uglier on the field than it is on the scoreboard. Seven to three doesn't look bad, but the on-field product was terrifying, uh, and it continued. Uh, into the second quarter but you know the 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 first quarter was kind of a back and forth but like I said as usual we get into field goal range and field goal range is where we stayed we're not able to finish the drive to match the opening drive touchdown that the Vikings uh, were able to you know muster uh, to kick it off and like I said it just looked like 13 for 13 in the first quarter Um, Justin Jefferson catching seven or eight of those, uh, passes for nearly a hundred yards in the first quarter. I think they said he was at 90 or so, uh, at the end of the, at the end of the first quarter. And he did make like 122, uh, by the half. So, I mean, we slowed him down a little bit in the second quarter, but cousins was 18 for 18 at halftime or, or something like 20 of 23 actually at halftime is what it was, but it's like the first quarter was the precursor to, what and, and it, it didn't stop in the second quarter, which is what made us think that this was probably what we were going to have to face for the rest of the game, uh, and or you know like it, it's just it, it, this game is going to get away. It has already gotten away from us. Um, but man, uh, you know the second quarter was kind of the beginning of it, uh, where we finally got a stop on Minnesota we are you know in in field goal range and or actually we get the ball back we're able to score that that touchdown make it 21-10 at halftime um, but there's still a bunch of uh you know warts and everything with the defense pretty much rolling over the entire first half there with uh you know three touchdown three drives three touchdown drives and like i said earlier uh, each one looking easier than the one uh before it i mean not only was cousins super efficient and getting the ball out uh, and everything. The receivers were wide open. That's why you heard me refer to uh, what the announcers were saying about the play calling clinic because he was scheming guys not open but wide open with no one around for yards in any direction uh, kind of thing, especially when it was Justin Jefferson, probably the one guy that should have been wearing a bear permanently on his back with at least another one or two in the area, and instead he's out there all by himself with nobody in, in, in either direction for about five yards uh, next to him. So that, that was probably the most frustrating part was like, hey, did we not watch the Packer film where those guys decided to let Justin Jefferson run wild and he ended up with 184 yards on like seven catches uh, in that game? Oh no, instead we're just going to let Justin Jefferson dink, just you know, nickel and dime us to death because he had seven or eight catches in the first quarter alone and had about half of that offensive output that he had against Green Bay, around 90 or so yards in the first quarter is what he had, just playing pitch and catch uh, with Kirk Cousins. But this, like I said, the second quarter comes around. It was more of the same on defense. Let him just go up and down the field on us. Offense struggling for most of the quarter, but then that little ray of sunshine at the end as we put together a touchdown drive, just before the half as we get the ball back to start the second half as well. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Vikings, and <laughs> it's it's interesting because it's not so much that the Vikings are stopping us on offense so much as we're just not good on offense, period. Uh, the Vikings first play of the second quarter score the touchdown make it 14-3 pathetic three and out from the offense minnesota drives it right back down to go up 21 uh to three and then finally after we give the ball back to minnesota again i don't think they went three and out but we finally made the vikings punt i mean it was a it was a nice sequence for the bears The best sequence of the game for them by far. We sat Cousins on third down, forced a punt. Their punter shanks it. I think they said it was a net five-yard punt. The Bears started at midfield. Crazy circus catch from Mooney gets us down to about the 10 or 11-yard line. A couple plays later, Montgomery runs it up the gut for a touchdown, Make it 21 to 10, and the Vikings just missed a field goal attempt right at the uh, first half buzzer. So it's 21 to 10 at the end of the first half, and plain and simple, we just have to play better. Period. That that's just all there is to it. Uh, like the Vikings, Cousins, I think is 20 of 23 uh, in the first half. Justin Jefferson, like I said, over 100 yards receiving uh, in the first half. Uh, alone Dalvin Cook two rushing touchdowns uh, and everything else in between you know the Bears have only given up I think one sack but they showed a graphic just as the the Bears were coming up to for their third offensive drive that the Vikings have run 32 plays to the Bears eight plays uh, and the Bears had about two more drives after that so you know I, I think maybe we're at about maybe 16 or 17 plays at the most in the first half. And the Vikings probably had about 40. So, uh, yeah, we have to be better. We have to get the Vikings off the field. They were six for seven for third down in the first half. Um, Yeah, We we just have to be better across the board, across the board. And for God's sake, leave Dante Pettis on the sidelines Let's get Velas Jones out there. Pettis dropped two passes, included uh, one that could have been a clear first down uh, for the Bears. So we, we got to do something uh, on offense. So, yeah. But it's 21-10, to 10, so it's not completely out of reach. But based on how the first half went, it's going to be an ugly second half if the, uh, the Vikings will rattle off another 40 or so plays and just wear us down to the nub in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So that was my great concern going into the second half was was the the way that the Vikings were sustaining drives. If they came out in the second half and started doing that as well, then they were really going to pull away from us in the fourth quarter when we had nothing left in the tank because we did 40 plays or so on defense in the first half. So we're probably looking at somewhere in 80 to 90 plays at this rate. And the score could be so much worse by the end because instead of having them nickel and dime us to death down the field, 12 plays, 13 plays, and so on, maybe it only takes five plays or six plays uh, or whatever. And uh, they're still rattling off those 40 you know, or so plays in the second half. And what was 21 to 10 at halftime is 56 to seventeen by the time it's all done, because we just could not figure out how to stop Minnesota uh on offense uh in that ball game. And you know, it, it was it was especially uh troublesome to 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 think about that that you know with, with all of this team's fight and, and everything that they that they do to keep themselves in ball games. Uh, you know, they're going to try to reach down for something deep in the fourth quarter and there's going to be nothing there because there's literally going to be nothing left in the tank. Like these guys are worn down to the nub no matter how much we keep rotating fresh bodies and those bodies aren't as fresh because they're playing just as much as the guys starting in front of them. So it's um kind of a mess. And that point that I made at the top of the reaction where I said... It's not so much that the Vikings are stopping us so much as we're just not good uh, on offense because it's not like they were con- constantly in Field's face like the Giants were with the with the blitzing and the pass rush last week. It's not like they were suffocating our receivers and batting down every pass uh, it, the, the we weren't getting balls batted down at the line of scrimmage or or anything in in that regard. We just weren't getting it done. We weren't executing. Um, uh, and, and, and we weren't, we weren't able to run the ball at all, uh, on uh Sunday. Um, Montgomery, who was, I was happy to see him back 20 yards on 12 carries, uh, in the game. Um, uh, Khalil Herbert, only four carries for 11 yards, uh, in the ball game. And it's like, in you know, obviously in those guys defense, we were down 21 to three early in the second quarter. So, yeah, we were in, you know, abandon the run game mode uh, pretty early on um, in, in, the, uh, in the game. So uh, the opportunities just weren't there. Uh, we were too busy trying to catch up uh, so early on in, in the uh, ball game. But the execution just wasn't happening. And then I don't know if it was the confidence that came with getting that drive completed at the end of the first half to make it 21 to 10, knowing we're getting the ball back to start the second half. Uh, and everything, or, or if, if the light bulb just went on while they were making adjustments at halftime, because when they came out in the third quarter, what I think we were all you know, uh, pessimistically expecting to, to go three and out on the opening drive and then have Minnesota drive right down the field, make it 28-10, to 10, and really start to begin uh, the blowout and pull away from us uh, and everything. And instead, we got quite the opposite, we drove the field a solid-looking drive. And I don't, if I recall, I don't think we got any help with penalties like we did on the opening drive. That pass interference call is what put us in field goal range, and that's where we stalled out in the first quarter. But in the third quarter, that, that first touchdown drive, uh, I, I don't recall there being any penalties that helped us along. Um, I think maybe there was a penalty where we tacked on yardage at the end of a play or or something like that but i i don't think that there there wasn't a pass interference call or roughing the passer or or anything like that 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 moved the bears along uh getting yards they didn't earn or anything like that i think that was the most promising thing and then defense cinched up on the on the vikings we get the ball back we score again kick another field goal and then you know we're going into the fourth quarter like wait a minute um you know, not too long ago, it was 21 to three, and now we're down by two. It's 21 19 heading into the fourth quarter. There's a different sense, a different vibe, a different tone going into that fourth quarter. <coughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Points Bet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and Points Bet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti can, cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts, fill out the quick Google form, register for your points bet account, and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. If you want to get your hands on this t-shirt, and then finally you upload your proof of deposit to uh, as well once you submit our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you and once again that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts once again sportsdrink.org slash shirts guys I'm in my 16th season doing this show it's the first time I've had a shirt available for my podcast I'm so proud to finally have one and I want you to have it so follow the steps and get yourself your very own bear underground t-shirt today And thank you to PointsBet for partnering up with Sports Drink. And thanks to PointsBet for sponsoring the podcast. New jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears, Vikings, and uh, the Bears coming out ahead on this one. uh, Opening drive, a a nice drive. It was a better-looking drive from the offense. They were able to get it downfield. And then, of all people, who scores the touchdown? Valus Jones, Jr., on a little uh, pop pass, uh, runs around the corner, gets the uh, ball inside the pylon or across the goal line before he uh, for the knees go down. The Bears went for two. Um, I didn't agree with it before the snap, and I certainly did not like the play that we chose to try and go for two. They were trying to make it a a, a field goal game uh, at that point uh, to make it twenty-one to eighteen. I mean, I get what they're trying to do, but. That wasn't the spot to be aggressive. And then they did it again on the ensuing kickoff. They go for the surprise onside. Uh, It was close, but Minnesota came up with it. And then our defense showed up, turned Minnesota away, held them to a field goal attempt, which was blocked by Dominique Robinson. The Bears come back down. And again, we're moving the football not as pretty as and, and as efficient as, like, say, Minnesota is making it look easy uh, most of the time. It's ugly, but it's getting done. Justin Fields running a uh, couple throws here one to Mooney, one to Comet. Uh, Eventually, had to set up a field goal for uh, Cairo Santos to make it 21 19. That's where we sit right now. And so, again, the second half adjustments, the Bear defense. Shutting out Minnesota in the third quarter. So sticking to that no touchdowns in the second half thing. Hopefully I didn't just jinx us. The announcers have already brought it up a couple of times. So we'll see how the fourth quarter goes. You know, it's just this, the damn this Iberflus team that just keeps fighting and scrapping and, and, you know, not dying easy. We'll see how this thing goes in the fourth quarter because The worry that I had going into halftime was that Minnesota was just going to keep running it up and down the field on us, and we'd have nothing left in the tank in the fourth quarter. Well, Minnesota barely saw the field in the third quarter, so hopefully that benefits us here in the fourth. got enough gas in the tank to uh, pull this thing off. But uh, 15 minutes from now, we'll know. Right now, we're down by two. (laughs) So like I said, completely different vibe after the third quarter where the football team as a whole showed up, offense, defense, special teams all getting it done. You know, the defense uh you know shutting out uh that um, that Minnesota offense uh in the third quarter, uh special teams blocking uh their lone field goal attempt to try and score uh in that quarter. And uh you know, what what I found impressive was that um Adam Amin, the guy calling the game who does our preseason uh, football uh, as the as the announcer had trouble figuring out who it was that actually blocked the punt because a couple of guys w- could have done it Kyler Gordon came in off the edge looked like he that's who I mean said it was initially but instead it was Robinson who got his big paw up there and 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 uh, blocked the kick and uh, that's uh, that was pretty awesome to to be able to To do that. It's like I had this weird feeling that something like that was going to happen. Uh I I, I thought for sure he'd miss it, because he missed a fifty-one yarder right before the half. This one was from fifty-three. So I I thought the odds of him making it wouldn't be good, and they were zero because we blocked it. And that was pretty great. And you know, as I said in the reaction, it's not the prettiest looking uh offense. They're still clunky. Uh, at times we'll we 'll back up a ten yard gain with a a two yard tackle in the backfield uh, kind of thing uh, but we're getting it done where it needs to get done and uh getting in back into field goal range, putting those points on the board uh and and everything else so uh definitely a strong third quarter uh, for us. We rattled off uh, you know a touchdown and another field goal to get within striking distance going into the fourth quarter. Whereas at the end of the second quarter, even with that touchdown, this was Minnesota's game to lose. They, they're they're going to really have to blow it to come away on the, on the losing end of this. Going into the fourth quarter, it was anybody's game. We're only down two. We have all the momentum. We're playing better uh, than Minnesota is uh, right now. They're kind of scrambling to catch up to what we're doing in the third quarter, and it's, it's costing them. Then the fourth quarter happened. And man, you thought the first three quarters were a roller coaster. The fourth quarter was a roller coaster, a typhoon, and a hurricane all wrapped into one for everything that went down, um, the miscues and mistakes that took place. And um, for the second week in a row, I'm doing the end of the game knee jerk reaction when there's still time left on the clock, and you all know why. Yeah. <laughs> Knee-jerk reaction. Fourth quarter, (sighs) (sighs) Bears-Vikings. We end up giving up our first second-half touchdown of the season. Whether that's on me for jinxing us or whatever, we can debate that later. They go for two and they get it, so it's uh, after the Bears take the lead. 22-21 22 to 21 on a field goal from uh, Cairo Santos um, so Minnesota goes for two they're up 29 22 we get the ball back we're actually moving the football Justin Fields is looking good you know he fumbled on a previous play but thankfully we reco- we recovered it so we live to fight another play next play we give it to Montgomery gets like 20 yards. On second and 19, very next play, Fields hits that 17, that Smith-Marset that we got from Minnesota off of waivers, and instead of running out of bounds when he's surrounded by defenders, he keeps trying to fight forward, gets the ball ripped out of his hands, and that's it. We lose the game. I just... Unbelievable. Unbelievable, just the... Situational awareness to lose a football game like that. when We've got them on their heels. We're moving the ball. You know, we may not end up scoring, but now we'll never know. I mean, it was completely selfish of him to try to keep going in that situation. We got a timeout. There's over a minute left in the game. Step out of bounds and live to fight another play. But no, no, he can't do it. He's gotta keep fighting, surrounded by three defenders, gets the ball ripped out. That's it. We lose. Game over. 29-22. We 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 came all the way back from twenty-one to three. We didn't look like we had a snowball's chance in hell at this thing. Minnesota was doing everything they wanted to do. And then they finally did it again on this last drive. Something like seventeen plays, seven minutes. They converted five third-down conversions on that drive to take the lead. Okay, so the defense let us down, but that Smith-Marset, he's the one that blew the game. He absolutely blew the game. So we'll never know if we could have pulled off the upset because that asshole had to have his moment and keep fighting when there was nothing left to fight for step out of bounds, and we live to fight another play. But no, 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 no. He's going to take his moment and keep digging. (laughs) And the comeback is over before it even really begins. So, yeah, to hell with that guy. To hell with him. Son of a bitch. First things first. The most obvious problem was not the mistake that Smith-Marset made at the end of the game. That's just the most glaring, um, or, or the one that hurt the most. Or, actually, that's debatable. I might be contradicting myself here. But the thought is, the defense held its ground for two-thirds of the second half there. And then in the fourth quarter, after we've taken the lead to go up 22-21, to 21, come all the way back down from 21-3, we go on a 19 nothing run to take the lead in the fourth quarter there. You know, and let's see, what was it? Looking at the recap, Cairo Santos kicked the field goal, 7, 9.26 to go in the game. The Vikings then proceed to go on a 17-play, 75-yard drive that took exactly seven minutes off the clock. Talk about a horrible time to fold. I mean this was like watching that uh, Pittsburgh Monday night game all over again, watching Justin Field bring us back from twenty twenty to six or whatever 26 to six, twenty three to six, whatever it was. We take the lead 27 26 and all we need is a stop from the defense and we win the game. All we need is a stop and instead, Big Ben and the last probably good thing he did in all of twenty twenty one, that final season where he was trotting his corpse out there. Taken from him. Um and, you know, we, we give up the field goal. And instead, we've been pretty strong, pretty solid. Like I said, we were six for seven. Uh, they were six for seven on third down in that first half. And they finished 12 for 15. And they converted five third down. I think they were five for six on third down on that final drive. Because one of those third downs, we actually stopped. They went for it on fourth down. And we had a holding penalty on Jalen Jones uh, that gave him an automatic first down. So five of six. So five uh, for six would be 11, then six of seven. So 11 for 13, uh, which means that we had them, we we took them, like, we shut them down on two or three different drives to try to finish the mat there. But just it's a hell of a time for a collapse when you played so well in the second half. Shut him down, and then all of a sudden, five third-down conversions, a fourth-down conversion up, uh, off of a penalty. So giving them that, fourth, that first down uh, and everything, that is preventable. That is preventable. That's execution. That's tackling. That's frustrating. Smith-Marset, on the other hand, he blew the game for us twice. Because that last field goal drive, Justin Fields breaks the pocket, runs past one, jukes this guy, runs past another one, the next thing you know, he's still going 52 yards for a touchdown. Comes back. Why? Smith-Marset blocking the back. On a guy who wasn't going to make the play. Which is... What's so frustrating about those plays is that more times than not, it's somebody making a block on a guy who wouldn't have affected the play had he been left alone. And uh, so that got called back. That would have put us up, what, 26 to 21? But instead we have to settle for the field goal, 22-21, okay, fine. But then we come up on that final drive, that awesome play after Fields fumbles it in the backfield, recovers his own fumble, Um, so we, like I said, in, in the, in the reaction, live to fight another play, the very next play, a 20 yard gain for David Montgomery to get us a first down. And then the next play after that, we're rolling. It's Smith Mar He was wide open, makes the catch. And he's literally stand. It's not like he's in the middle of the field and it's like, why didn't you go out of bounds? Like, no, 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 no. He's standing there. And I saw later on when I rewatched it, Cole Komet is pointing at him to get out of bounds. And instead, he's dancing, he's moving, he's juking, and then Dantzler comes up from behind him, takes the ball right out of his hands. Ball game. That's it. Over. So, yeah. I don't want him on the team anymore. I pray to God Nikhil Harry is healthy enough to play on Thursday so we don't have to use him uh, on Thursday. It'll be the happiest day if I never see him again uh, on the Bears' uh, field. At least not on offense. Play special teams until your your head falls off. I don't care. Stay the hell away from my offense. Because you were a non-factor before, and uh, if this is how you're going to affect the ballgame, I prefer that you don't play at all. So, yeah. Let's hope and pray we start getting some guys back. (laughs) Maybe we find somebody else off of the waiver wire or something like that to try to give this... uh, offensive jolt in the passing game, but anything would be better than him uh, being back out there again. So, oh, man, what, a, what an infuriating way for the game to end, for something so stupid to derail all of that progress that we were making there in the second half. And despite giving up the lead, we, we were moving the ball. We had a rhythm. We had them on their heels, but we'll never know how it would have went. Because that moron decided that he wanted to fight for yards that weren't there and got the ball ripped out of his hands. So, I bet you guys can wonder who's going to make the bear down list uh, this week. So, anyway guys, uh, speaking of which, uh, that will do it for the recap of the week five matchup between the Bears and the Vikings. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up for good with everybody's favorite segment, Bear Up, Bear Down. (laughs) Bear up and bear down for week number five and our beloved coming up just short against the Vikings, 29, 22, having started 21 to three, uh, fighting our way back to take the lead. Uh, it was, like I said, one of those feel good about the losses kind of game, you know, there was a lot more positive to be taken away than negative, uh, in this one. And, um, when you're a team like ours and it's all about development and doing your best to stay in games and maybe once in a while you'll steal one kind of thing, this was a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. So we just need to f- figure out how to start strong because even in in our in our win against San Francisco, it wasn't until the third and the fourth quarter that we finally came on uh, you know, and took that game from the 49ers uh, we had to come back in the in the in the second half against the Texans uh, in order to win that ball game, falling behind twenty four seven to Green Bay, um, and then you know with the Giants we just never really we got ourselves within a score on that one, but that was as good as it got uh, and everything. So if if we can figure out how to get started, if we can carry this, what we did in the second half, carry it into the first half of this game against Washington on Thursday, I think we can do some real damage against the commanders, but um, we'll have to wait and see. And and it's, and it's interesting because the bears aren't really going to practice this week. It's going to be a series of walkthroughs. There's going to be no real practice going on uh, this week. So uh, we'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can carry that momentum, having basically not practiced at all between the Minnesota game and then kickoff on Thursday night. So But uh, bear up and bear down. Let's go ahead and and dive right into it. Uh, Bear up, you know, Justin Fields. I mean, 12 of 13 uh, in the second half. I think he had 150 of his 208 yards in the second half. The touchdown pass to Valus Jones. That touchdown run that was taken from him that would have probably put him close to, if not over 100 yards, rushing uh, for the game if that one had counted. Uh, and everything just just an outstanding game and the progress you want to see because it really started to seem like it was all clicking for fields at the end of the game on that last drive he was cool calm collected he was delivering throws with confidence that's what we want to see that's what we thought we were that's what we saw at the end of the preseason and thought would carry over into the regular season then it's like we started over again and it's taken to week five to get him back to that point Uh, again so I guess it's it's a it's a good thing maybe for him that we're playing again on Thursday he won't have as long uh, between games to uh, you know unlearn if you will uh, what he had working for him at the end of that ball game so very very interested to see Justin on Thursday and to see if he can pick up where he left off uh, against the Vikings but statistically not the prettiest uh, of his uh, performances but 208 yards is the best that he's done so far uh, this year and hoping he can build, to build on it on Thursday against the commanders. Let's go with our first bear down. You heard me mention it in the knee-jerk reaction, Dante Pettis. Wide receivers, their primary job is to catch the ball. And um, the balls that you've dropped have not been impossible to catch. You've just not been catching them, Period. I don't know if you got the yips or if it's the damn gloves that you wear or whatever the situation is. You are not getting the job done, but you're just not doing it. So I'm going to need you to step it up because <laughs> you're likely going to be on the field a lot faster than the other guy on this list. We'll get to him in a minute. But, uh, yeah, then the one catch that you do make not your fault. It was just a terrible play call on the two-point play uh, in the third quarter, which I disagreed with. I, d- I didn't like us going for two in that in that spot, and I also hated the play call. So, yeah, across the board. He does catch that one, though. Yeah, catches that one and is literally being tackled as he's catching it. That's how well the defense read that one coming. So, terrible. Not his fault, but he he catches that one instead of the one where he was wide open, you know, Got both hands on the ball and just flat out dropped it. And another one earlier in the ball game, he dropped, same thing. Did, did it last week against the Giants. So I, I don't think it's been a – not the two-point play doesn't count as an actual reception. So it's been since maybe the Texans game that he's actually caught a pass officially. So, yeah, good stuff from one of the first guys off the bench in a wide receiving core. Speaking of somebody that can catch the ball, Darnell Mooney. Outstanding. Outstanding with that catch. He had a couple of other big ones as well. Seems like we're starting to hit our stride as far as getting the passing game going, getting Mooney uh, involved. Uh, that, you know, and that catch was just huge, so so huge to get us down there so we could put that touchdown on the board before uh, halftime. Uh, bear up, Cole Komet. Similar situation. Got open a couple of times. Got some first downs made some good plays it's taken a while to get us here and you know looks like we we, we're starting to finally put an offense uh together I think what's most frustrating is that we I think we all expected things to go well between Mooney Mooney commits and fields that it would just take the rest of the offense a little bit of time to catch up to them when it's been the opposite When the offense has been working, when the offense has progressed, it's been without Fields, or excuse me, without Mooney and Komet. uh, You know, like neither one of them really making any catches until the Texans and Giants games and and things like that. So nice to see them finally getting into the mode being a regular part of the offense as opposed to like, oh yeah, Mooney still is on this team uh, kind of thing. So very nice to see those two getting involved in the offense and being key players uh again uh bear down allen williams <sighs> you know it, it's it's one thing that we're not getting home with four um there's only so much a defensive coordinator can do uh as far as that goes maybe mix in some more you know stunts and twists and things like that try to get just to, as they do on offense, scheme your guys open, uh, if you will. But the fact that Justin Jefferson had to be the focus of our defensive playbook this week, and for her to him to go into the half with like 12 catches for 122 yards is unacceptable. Waiting until you make second-half adjustments to figure out how to stop your opponent is unacceptable. It took us the entire first half... It you know it took us our halftime adjustments to figure out how to stop Daniel Jones and that bootleg against the Giants last week, and it took us all of the first half to figure out how to slow down Justin Jefferson and his output because he finished he still finished with 15 catches for 154 yards, but when he he had 100 yards halfway through the second quarter, and like I said earlier, it's not that he was open, he was open by a mile in any direction every single time. Just like, how is this guy constantly by himself when he's the guy? He's the most dangerous man. He's the one we have to stop more than anybody else. And yet, nope. Every time, single, just wide open, no contest, no con, no con, no contesting the the play. Nothing, nobody around. Uh, and then it's up to us to make the tackle to stop him after he's gotten his eight to ten yards uh, a catch. So, Allen Williams, you have to be better, and you have to be better from the start of the ball game. That has to happen. So bear down to Allen Williams. Bear up, Cairo Santos. A Perfect, uh, I believe, three for three on this one. Two from 50 yards, one from 50, the other from 51, and I think the third one was like a 47-yarder. So some good distance. Uh, put him through with ease. No worries uh, about that. Three for three, and then perfect on extra points as well when well, when we did kick an extra point. So, But uh, bear up, Cairo. Bear up, Kendall Door Got to give credit where credit is due. My man woke up, got a nice interception. At a time we really could have used the turnover and we got it in the midst of our comeback. Vildor just steps in front of one. Kirk Cousins didn't see him there. Makes the big pick. Gets the ball back in Justin Fields' hands. And I believe that was the pick that gave us the lead um, to go up 22-21. to 21. Uh, Bear up, Dominique Robinson making the field goal block and, uh, you know, turning the Vikings away uh, from their best scoring opportunity of the third quarter, blocking that field goal, sending them away with nothing. Outstanding job, young man. And then finally, bear down, Amir Smith-Marset. You haven't been effective at all uh, at any point in the season, and then the time that you choose to affect the ball game, you hurt the Bears monstrously twice in the same quarter, actually. The first one being the block in the back on Justin Fields' touchdown run that got called back. That would have really been something. I mean, that, that one just feels like a moment where we had, would have completely stolen the momentum. Like, it's our ball game now. If, if that play counts... A 50-yard run from Fields to go up 26-22 uh, and everything, it would have been monumental. But instead, you got to try to block somebody who who had no chance to make the play in the first place and get it called back. And then, end of ball game. you have a teammate yelling at you to run out of bounds right there uh, in front of you, and instead you're dancing, you're juking, you're chucking, you're jiving. Ball gets ripped out of your hands. Look at you now, dumbass. Yeah, you got the first down. All you had to do was take three feet to the left. You're out of bounds. Playcock stops. We've got all the momentum. Defense is on their heels. We got them. You know, we got them. The only thing we have to worry about now is are we going to tie it and send it to overtime? We're going to go for two and try to win the game. That was supposed to be the biggest problem we had to solve in the fourth quarter at that point. And instead, it's how quickly can we get some new bodies on the field so this dickhead never sees the inside of these stripes again. So, yeah, completely irresponsible, completely selfish, in my opinion. Poor situational awareness. God damn it, how angry am I? Poor situational awareness at worst, or at best, I should say. Not knowing where you are on the field or not paying attention or or at the very least thinking, we've got a timeout. I can afford to be in bounds. Making that decision for himself as opposed to thinking about what was best for the team. Probably looking a little bit too much into this, but that's how it felt. That's how it felt. So, nothing I can do. Bear down to you. And finally, most valuable bear, got to be Justin Fields. You know, uh, he was our leading rusher. He had his best game as our, as our quarterback throwing passes this week. Really seemed like it was starting to click for him uh, in the second half, how he was moving the ball, moving the offense, how he took over. In the second half. Hope to see more of that. Hope to see it on Thursday against the Commanders. And as we go through the rest of this 2022 season, this is the progress we've been wanting to see from him. Hopefully, he continues to build on it. I think he's the kind of player that once he's figured something out, he's always got it figured out. So hopefully, that's where we are now with him figuring out how to handle pressure, how to stay in the pocket, how to look downfield, find his receivers, deliver the ball with confidence, and run his offense. So we'll end it on that note. And that's going to do it here for you guys. Um, Come back tomorrow. We'll do the NFL recap and talk about the other 15 games on the schedule. And then we'll be back on Wednesday uh, with Brian, Mr. Who himself, from the Commanders Confidential podcast to get us ready to preview Bears Commanders for Thursday night. That episode will drop on Wednesday. So come on back for that. And until then, My name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. (laughs) This episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by PointsBet. Guys, it's finally here. Sports Drink and PointsBet have partnered up to bring you the world's greatest BTU-themed threads for the Bears season. Just imagine the blue and orange confetti cascading down from the rafters of State Farm Stadium while you're donning the greatest t-shirt known to man, a Bears Talk Underground t-shirt. And it's very simple. You got to go to sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Fill out the quick Google form. Register for your points bet account and deposit at least $10. That's all it's going to cost you. You want to get your hands on this T-shirt. And then finally, you upload your proof of deposit uh, as well. Once you submit, our beautiful friends will have your shirt out the door and on the way to you. And once again, that is sportsdrink.org slash shirts. Once again, sportsdrink.org slash shirts slash shirts guys i'm in my 16th season doing this show it's the first time i've had a shirt available for my podcast i'm so proud to finally have one and i want you to have it so follow the steps and get yourself your very own bear stock underground t-shirt today and thank you to points bet for partnering up with sports drink and thanks to points bet for sponsoring the podcast <laughs>